Welcome to the Kellen Roland Show. I am Kellen Roland. This is episode eight. Thank you for listening. Last week, eh, I want to say last week because like in my mind, I think I'm on the radio right now because I'm like, oh, I'm like big boy in the morning. What's up with Phone Tap? Shout out Luther Lufay. The funniest morning show when I was in high school. Absolutely incredible. But back to the intro. Thank you for listening. A few weeks ago, we released... What I learned when I started wearing all white, the feedback was tremendous. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to this show. I'm going to drop in what my favorite song is of the moment right now by James Blake. I hope I don't get sued by his record label. James, if for some reason you hear this, I'm a huge fan. Thank you. Saturday morning, and I'm recording a podcast about burping in your ear. Holy shit. I've fallen off the deep end. We've jumped the shark. We've had a successful episode, and now it's the burp show. Well, I don't give a fuck, because I'm going to talk about what I feel like talking about. So it's Saturday in Los Angeles. It's raining I just had a smoothie at Irwan. I had a cup of coffee. I'm still starving. It was one of my closest friends and one of my longest friend's birthdays last night. Shout out Tim Carhart. If you know Tim, and you probably know Tim because if you're listening to this, you know me, and we're all kind of running in the same circles. Tim has continuously, since I've met this guy, been the life of the party. And it's something that I just have so much like admiration for that the guy is, you know, always having fun. He's never judging people. You know, he's always lighthearted. And, you know, the vast majority of the time, like if you're out, you know, whether you're at dinner or you're out or watching a movie or going bowling or whatever the activity is, like if Tim is there, you're having more fun. Like what an amazing thing, right? Like imagine, you know, like I imagine if people were like, oh man, when Kellen's around, like it's so much more fun. Like, I don't know if people think like that. I don't know if they're like, oh shit, Kellen just showed up. We're having fun. It's probably more like, you know, Kellen showed up okay, he's going to talk about coffee and the Lakers and, you know, depending on the mood, he might just drop into like some super serious self-help, like mindfulness, you know, internal retrospective conversation in the middle of the bar. But that's who I am, you know, and I'm proud, you know, like I'm so comfortable with who I am that if you do see me, like I do want to talk about that stuff because that's what's on my mind, you know, I think, You know, I I really, you know, years ago, there was a season of uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, which was a show, it's on HBO, and it's with Larry David, who's, you know, incredible comedy genius, writer, producer, whatever, he's done everything, and he's a, you know, he was responsible for Seinfeld with Jerry Seinfeld, and there's an episode where, you know, he's talking about, you know, his hatred for small talk, 
And he's like, you know, he just hates it, you know? Hey, how you doing? The weather. And I just identified so much with that because I literally, I hate small talk. I can't do it. So I just try to elevate the conversation to something that is at least a little bit more meaningful, you know, whether it's how, I don't know, you know, it just depends. It always goes a different direction, but the, the very mundane, how you doing, what's going on, you know, you ask these very like broad questions where generally you don't, or generally I, I don't find myself caring about the answer because you don't really get anything from substance. It's really like cliche, like I'm doing great you know, work is work or, you know, I love my job or, you know, you know, I'm about to have a kid, you know, whatever it is, you get like the tagline, but how do you peel back the tagline to like a little bit more of a deeper conversation? And I don't know exactly how to always go from, you know, interaction to medium talk, but I really identified to the not liking of the small talk. It's just, uh, it's annoying. So, but back to kind of Tim, cause it's his birthday and you know, it, I, he's on my mind. So that's why I'm talking about him. It's not really like, Oh, it's my friend's birthday. So I'm going to have a podcast and tell him happy birthday. If I did sing happy birthday, that would be, I think yeah, I would be embarrassed, but in the feelings of like trying to be vulnerable and, and transparent, you know, sometimes you just have to do that. So stay tuned. Maybe I'll drop a little birthday song at the end, but back to just circle up on Tim is just, you know, the guy's always lighthearted and he's always cheerful. He's not judging, you know, obviously he's got emotions and people get angry and sad and happy. He's not a robot, but you know, just generally to kind of like be someone that is like always uplifting the group I think that's really admirable and I appreciate him in my life. He's a good friend and yeah, it's cool. So that's, that's that. Cause I was out late last night for his birthday and you know, this next topic is probably something that people can identify with. So just to kind of lay out the framework, I'm 35 years old. I'm really, you know, I'm into being healthy, eating healthy mindfulness, meditation, you know, coffee. I'm reading a lot of books. Right now I'm reading Strength and Stillness by Bob Roth. And I'm also reading Brave the Wilderness by Brene Brown. One of them is about TM meditation. The other one is about vulnerability. Um, you know, but I had my years and, you know, when I was younger where I partied a lot and I drank and, you know, that was a part of my life, you know, stay out late and, you know, wake up feeling horrible. And, you know, that was kind of what you do. So now, you know, I'm 35 and I, I very, very seldomly drink. I wouldn't say that I don't drink because like I do enjoy a glass of champagne from time to time. But in general, when I'm out, I just don't like to drink. And something that I've noticed, and I would be curious if you've noticed this too, I'm 35 and if I stay up to like midnight or one or two or three in that, if I just stay up that late, I feel like shit the next day. I feel hungover and it's all because of the fact that I was up late. Does that happen to you? Like I, that's when I knew that I was starting to change in life. And I don't want to say like getting old because I think when people say they're getting old, they they kind of have like air quotes up and it's a reason that, you know, they're not as 
fast or they're not as strong or they're not as smart or they don't have as much time. It's like a cop out. Like when you say, Oh, I'm getting old. It's kind of like a, it's a shield for not being happier an excuse. So I don't want to say like, Oh, I knew I was getting old, but I knew my life was changing. You know, I just didn't bounce back. So, but it's interesting because, you know, you want to, I want to have a social life and I want to go out and I want to hang out with my friends, but staying out late, it's like, fuck, like literally we stayed out Went to a really cool bar. It's called Nowhere Bar in uh, in Hollywood. Really fun. Ran into my buddy Alex, who uh, it's his bar, and it was it was cool. It was like really amazing decor. The music was am- it, the music was incredible. So if you're in LA, I would go check it out. But like we go out, and then you know we stay till the end of the night, and we're all celebrating. And it's a pretty tame night. You know, no one's really like going off the deep end. It's just you know some good old you know innocent fun. And, uh, you know, like everyone goes out and like, you know, some people go to another party afterwards. And then a group of my friends went to go eat and, you know, I really wanted to go eat Thai food, but I really just couldn't, like, I was just so tired and I got to bed at three last night and just woke up and was like, fuck, like I had to sleep till nine or I think eight thirty to get up and just like get my seven hours of sleep, six hours, not even. And then you know, I also realized that a, I felt horrible. And then from there I was, uh, I hadn't had my coffee, which my body is just trained to have coffee at six twenty-five in the morning. That's generally, I, I have coffee between six twenty-five and seven every single morning. So by the time it's like nine 30 and I'm waking up and starting my day and I haven't had my coffee yet, I'm like, I'm starting to get a headache and yeah, you know, I guess maybe I'm going to put my foot in my mouth right now, but fuck, I'm getting old. <laughs> oh man, you know, fucking 35 and thriving. I'll still, you know, I can still hang with the young kids, but you know, can we shut it down at midnight? You know, I'll party with the best of them, but just can we party from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. so I can get home and get to bed by 11? <laughs> but in those time frames, I could really do it. But uh, yeah, if I get if I stay up late, I feel bad the next day. I don't know if anyone else feels like that. It's like a sleep hangover. You know, like you'll stay up really late and like not drink and be like, oh, I feel like I drank like five tequila shots last night. And it's like all because you were up late. <clears throat> which is kind of interesting to me because another thing that I'm witnessing happening is kind of like, uh, what is it? How do I want to say this? Um, it's, uh, so like if you nominate yourself, like you're nominated, you know, like someone is saying like, Oh, you're going to be nominated for like president or, or you can nominate yourself or you can kind of volunteer. Oh, that's a good word. A volunteering. I'm seeing that people that are in my age group are kind of volunteering themselves into sobriety or like sobriety adjacent, meaning there's just not that much value in getting drunk anymore. And that's not for, for me, there's not that, there's not any value in it. I don't want to make any broad sleep, you know, sweeping claims of, you know, whether or not people should drink or not. But for me, I just don't get anything out of it. And I've noticed that in my opinion and what I've observed is that 
other people are kind of opting out of drinking and it it makes me really happy when I see that because I, I think that you can go out and have a good time without alcohol. I think, uh, you know, and this might end up being the subject of the podcast because I think we're just like in this weird time in our lives where there's there's like a large group of people that kind of grew up, you know, if you're 30, if you're 35, 40, 50, 60, you know, you grew up in this era where, you know, going out, partying, doing drugs or smoking weed or smoking cigarettes or drinking was like all like very much like romanticized. And because we live in a country that is kind of, it's a capitalist economy and, you know, we can make money as a company by selling people on ideas that sometimes the ideas are kind of counterproductive to their well-being. And what I mean by that is, you know, at some point, you know, alcohol is used to celebrate, to blow off steam, to get comfortable, you know, whatever the words are that people have associated with alcohol. But at the same time, it's also kind of like a, it can be like kind of poisonous to your body. And if it's misused, it can have really negative outcomes. But you get into this era where companies can make a lot of money selling alcohol. So they have a vested interest in painting this utopian view of what it's like to drink, you know, like, let me just like, let me paint two pictures for you and you tell me which one sounds real. You're out late. You got a drink in your hand. You're drinking and, you know, everyone's eyes are perfectly clear they're perfectly alert and, you know, everyone's drinking, they're having a fun time. Everyone is good looking. Everyone's in shape. Everyone's having fun. No one is arguing. It just looks like the best time ever. And like, it's all surrounded about alcohol. So that's picture one. So you remember that picture in your mind. And then let me paint picture two. You're out late. You got a drink in your hand. You're feeling kind of bloated. You might even be burping. Your eyes are bloodshot. Like, two people that don't know each other, like arguing on one end of the bar. There's like a lot of tension. People are yelling and screaming. They're not really making sense and they're slurring their words, right? So that's picture two. So picture one is what the companies want to paint. That's the image that they're selling you for when you drink. That's what is supposed to happen. They're not really painting picture two. However, a lot of times when I've gone out in my life, I've seen a lot more examples of picture two than picture one. And it's just an example of how because people make money off of selling things that we have to be observant of what we're being sold. Because sometimes what you're being sold is not actually what you're buying. Like they're selling you this allure of this sexiness and this sex appeal and masculinity and sexuality and, you know, power and respect, you know, but they're not selling you like a hangover and like an argument with your friend over, you know, whether or not True Blood was a good show. Uh, that's not an exact quote or like a reference to any argument that I've ever had with somebody, but like, I'm sure if you took a few minutes, you could probably think of like a minimum of two 
extremely trivial instances where either you have or you've witnessed someone close to you get into like a full-fledged disagreement with someone over absolutely nothing. But the one commonality is that there's, you know, there's alcohol there. So what I like and, you know, the point of view that I'm talking about is that I really appreciate the fact that people are starting to go out and be social and not have to feel like they need to drink. You know, it's, it really does like, it breaks my heart when I am talking to someone about drinking and they say that like, they can't go out unless they have a drink. That's, that's the saddest, one of the saddest things I've ever heard in my life. Like we're all humans. Like we're all legitimately the same, like DNA, like, we all have two legs, two arms, like, a, you know, we're all literally, you know, fighting the same fight, you know, we're all trying to live. And, you know, there's a mindset that like, you can't go out socially with other people that you know, other people that you already know and have a relationship with unless you're drinking. That's fucked up. And like, I think there's probably going to be like at least one person listening to this. It's like, fuck, like that's me. And like, you know, you might feel like, that you want to get defensive and I might get defensive too, if I was you. So I welcome that, you know, get defensive. If you don't agree, like reach out, tell me I'm wrong or tell me fuck off. Like, but the point I'm making is that you shouldn't, we shouldn't, or I shouldn't. And I'll, I'll bring this back to the first person is like, I shouldn't need to feel like I need to be on a particular substance or alcohol to be social. I don't agree with that. That doesn't work for me. And I've fortunately lived a life where there's been long stretches of time where I've had extremely social, a social life, but I haven't drank. So I understand the feeling of going out and not drinking and, you know, what that process is like, but I've also done it in a way where I've been extremely happy with it, you know, and I've had great times. Now, I think if you're going out and you're the guy or the girl that's not drinking, there's probably a point in the night where, you know, there's really nothing left for you at that point. You know, like you get to like midnight one or two in the morning and you're not drinking, like it's probably time to cut it. You know, I'd pull the cord and go home. You know, I mean, I guess if you're hanging out with someone of the opposite sex and you want to go and hang out or your girlfriend's drinking or your boyfriend's drinking, whatever. Yeah. But generally like if you're the guy or the girl that's like not drinking and you're about, you know, that lifestyle, probably going home a little early is your best bet. Cause you know, whether people mean to or not, it's like when you do get intoxicated, you know, there's certain habits or tendencies that happen that, you know, if you are not drinking can become irritable, like close talking or repeating themselves over and over again, or just being straight up sloppy. But you know what the point that I'm trying to make is, we should feel confident to be not drunk in social situations. And I think it's really important. And every time I meet someone who's like, yeah, you know, I don't drink, but they go out and they kind of have a social life. It really makes me proud. And it, it encourages me that there's a different way for people to interact. That's beyond what's being sold to us. Because if you can make money, if you can make as much money selling sobriety and Pellegrino and water as you could in selling alcohol, 
then you would probably have a lot more people that were going out that were not drinking and drinking Pellegrino or drinking, not drinking alcohol. However, there's not a lot of money in water, um, at least in the out scene, you know, at least when you're at a bar. Obviously, Fiji, Arrowhead, Crystal Geyser, and the ultimate water, Evian. Um, they make a lot of money. And then, you know, shout out to Jaden Smith, you know, my, you know, personal, I just love this guy. Um, he's just, he's the man, but uh, just water. So shout out to him trying to change the world. Just look up Jaden Smith and just water. I won't like do the whole digress and start talking about something completely different. But my point being is that there's a lot of, uh, money at stake to keep you drunk and keep you disoriented and to keep you feeling insecure and that you have to be, to be social, you need to drink. And I could tell you from firsthand experience, that's not true. So if that's all you learned or like any takeaway you had from this podcast, I'm not saying that you should be sober. I'm not saying you shouldn't be sober. I'm not pushing sobriety. What I'm saying is have the confidence and the awareness that you don't need anything to be so to be social and people are going to like you for who you are and the sooner that we start utilizing our most unique and sellable asset which is our point of difference the sooner you are authentic and the sooner that we become more transparent in our true selves the sooner that there's going to be a lot more happiness for all of us And that's really important, you know, it's like, let's be happy and let's hang out and, you know, less judging and more loving. And, you know, when I say like that most important asset is your, you and your uniqueness, right? So like if you're in a business, right, and you are trying to sell a product or a service or a a new media platform or social media, like the first question someone's going to ask you is, what's your point of difference, like, hey, I want to, I'm looking at, I'm in my kitchen right now, so I'm looking at knives because I'm, I'm across from my kitchen. But if I was like, oh my God, I'm going to start a knife brand and I went to like Bed Bath & Beyond or Crate and & Barrel or Sur La Tub and I said, I have a knife brand. Like the first thing they're going to ask me is, well, what's different about your knives than everything else? Right? Like what's your point of difference? Same thing for any product, right? Oh, I have a TV show. Well, what's different about it? I want to make a clothing company. Well, what's different about it? Why don't I just go get another one of the other 100,000 clothing companies that exist? What is your point of difference? Think about this. We all have a point of difference because we're all unique, but because of our, I don't know what it is, but because of, and I'll put myself in the first person here because I want to flip this is like, because I want to be accepted and I want to be liked and I could admit that I could be vulnerable. I could admit that right now. Like I want to be liked. Every day I try to work on that and be more comfortable with who I am, but inside I still have an insecurity where I'm like, oh man, like I want everyone to like me. I'm working on that every day. So up until now I've had that thought process, but I'm really working on evolving that thought process. However, the most likable thing about me and the most likable thing about you is the fact that the stuff that makes you, you. If you, if, if I just try to conform and be what like everyone else is going to be, then why would anybody like me? Like I would be, I would be downplaying the most important and valuable thing that I have, which is my point of difference, which is my uniqueness, which is what makes me Kellen Scott Roland father or 
no, not father, but son of a mother and father of Patricia and George Roland. That's me. And I love that. And I love me. And like, I'm almost like welling up and tearing while I'm saying this because that self-love is going to allow me to love and be loved. You have to be available for love. You know, you have to, you have to open your door to let love in, you know? So yeah, I had no intention of talking about this at all, but it's just kind of coming out and I'm really happy to say this because these are things that are just, they're on my mind. These are things that I deal with every day, every day trying to fight the urge to be liked and to be me and to be real and to be authentic. So I know we talk about that in a very, uh, in a very kind of roundabout way, but you know, if I had to kind of sum it up in a couple words, we have a great opportunity. I have a great opportunity to be authentic every day and to be me. And I think the, the opportunity that I could also offer you or anybody that I engage with is giving you the space to be yourself. And you know how you give someone space to be themselves? By not judging them. Judgment is the quickest way to muzzle or quell self-expression. When we feel judged, we don't express ourselves. We don't, we're not honest. We're not authentic when we feel like we're being judged. Or at least for me, if I feel like I'm being judged, I kind of, I could close up. Now, other people have different ways of reacting. They feel judged and they become more authentic. But the concept is very understandable. Give people the space to be authentic. Give yourself the credit to be authentic and wrap all of that up in the confidence that those things that make you unique are the things that your friends are attracted to, whether they know it or not. All those little things that make you, you are the reason that you and your best friend are best friends or the reason that you and you know, your buddies are your friends at work click up and hang out, you know, all those little nuances and all those little idiosyncratic details that make us who we are, that's the driving force. We have to celebrate those things. I'm going to celebrate those things. Wow. I'm just saying, wow, because I just, I literally sat down. I had no idea what I was going to talk about today. I was really excited to try this new microphone and yeah, all this stuff just came out. I really hope that, you know, we can continue to connect. It's like, I don't want to be a broken record, but like, I don't know. And I, and I won't, I'm not going to like inflate the number. Like, I think I'm going to, I think this is the exact number, maybe plus or minus one. But I think 10 people reached out to me on the last podcast with extremely, sincere and thoughtful words of encouragement. And I, I cannot thank you enough for that. You're giving me that space to be authentic. 
you're giving me the room and the confidence to be me and to express myself and do this journey. And I, I couldn't be more thankful really. And, uh, I'm so grateful for that. And if we can connect and what I'm going through can at least let you know that there's one other person that feels that way, then I think we've won. Thank you very much for listening. That's going to wrap it up. This is the Kellen Rowland show. I am Kellen Rowland. This journey of communicating and expressing myself and engaging with people and hearing their feedback. It's truly remarkable and so fulfilling. Thank you for giving me a few minutes of your day. I know we're all busy. Everyone is distracted. We live in an attention economy and uh, giving me your attention is extremely valuable and I don't take it for granted and I'm extremely grateful. Thank you for listening. Hit me up. Instagram, Twitter, at Kellen Rowland, easy to find. You have any feedback or any topics that you love to hear, I'm all for any input. This is a journey for me, and because you've chosen to listen, we're on this journey together, and I appreciate that, and we're going to be better for it. So thank you very much, and I will be back in the next few weeks with another show, and I hope you enjoyed this one. Thank you.